Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hello, coming up on the podcast, the three main candidates for mayor of Winnipeg, Brian Bowman, Jenny Muckaluck, and Tim Dyke. They all join us, and we'll talk to Mark Lemoyne, the city's senior election official. Please rate the podcast, please subscribe to the podcast, and now, the day before the election, the podcast. You know what, I think uh, the mayor is calling, and I'm going to take a chance. Hello. Bowman calling. Hello, Brian. How are you? I'm great. Excellent. I'm I took a chance. Up. Thank you. I took. Oh. We're live on the air. I took a chance. That was you, and I wanted to make sure I got you on here before the news <laughs> at uh, at two thirty. How many Thank of the wards? How many of the wards have you been to so far? We have been to. Uh, I think I'm in my tenth ward. I'm uh, traveling the city today with my wife Tracy and and a few of our, our amazing volunteers. We're in a beautiful sunny Osborne Village right now. How are you feeling going into election day tomorrow? I'm feeling I'm feeling great. I'm feeling energized and uh, hopeful for tomorrow and uh, obviously encouraging everybody to get out and vote, whether you're supporting me or, or any other candidate, just get out and vote. It's a really important part of our, our democratic uh, process. If you're eligible to vote, uh, make sure you, you cast your, your vote and have a say in the future of our city. Polling tells us you're going to win tomorrow. If that happens, are you going to do anything differently over the next four years? Well, I mean, let's keep in mind, uh, polls don't decide elections, voters do. So, you know, the, the polls, uh, polls are polls, but uh, tomorrow voters get to have their say. Um, if I am uh, provided the opportunity to continue to serve, uh, we're going to build on the positive momentum. We're going to present, uh, you know, as... Hello? Uh-oh, uh, we lost him. Darn it. We lost the mayor. Well, hopefully he'll call right back in. Mayor Brian Bowman calling in. As I said, we had Jenny Makalak on. Oh, we got him back, I think. Sorry, Brian, I think we lost hey. you there. Yeah, no problem. Go ahead. Uh, there was too much energy in my voice, I'm sure. Shut it down, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> you know what? I, what I, if I have the opportunity to serve another term, um, I'm going to be able to build on the, the learning and the progress uh, that uh, we've been able to make together as a community. And I've tried to present a positive vision for building this city and, and really growing it in a sustainable um, a sustainable way for for our uh, increasing number of residents that are calling Winnipeg home. Are you watching any of the council races at all? Because, you know, us uh, people in the media, we kind of watch these races and we think, well, will uh, Bowman, if he's mayor again, have a friendly council to work with? Are you watching those races at all, worrying about yeah. that at all? Well, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't interested. I am absolutely following them. Uh, I took a very different position than some of the candidates. I took the same position that I did in the last election, which is, uh, not to try to tell people who I can and cannot uh, work with, who I want to or don't want to work with. Um, I'm prepared to work with whomever Winnipeggers decide they want to send as their representatives to council. And, you know, when I was elected in 2014, I didn't know many of the councillors very well. And uh, we've been able to work together. And, you know, like any uh, any forum, whether, whether it's the legislature or, or parliament, not everybody is going to agree on policy. But I think we've certainly been able to create... Uh, a better environment and get better results for our citizens than we were seeing in 2014. And you just got to look at the roads as one, one example of where we've been able to work together to address a major priority for Winnipeggers. Are you hoping Portage and Maine will be open to pedestrians after tomorrow? Well, personally, yeah. I mean, I'll be voting yes. But uh, as I've said, I'm going to respect the plebiscite. If Winnipeggers say yes, then we still have due diligence that we need to do. We need to make sure we're managing traffic flows and pedestrian safety so nothing would happen overnight. Um, if the answer is no, then I'm going to respect that in letter and spirit. And uh, 
you know, we have many other issues that we need to focus on as a community. Uh, disappointed today that another candidate uh, now is, has gone back on her word to, to honour the plebiscite and is now saying she won't. I think that's too bad because I think, I think Winnipeggers should have their say and, and, and their, their collective direction should be respected by uh, mayor and council. Mr. Bowman, good luck tomorrow. Yeah, thanks a lot, Hal. Have a great day. In studio, Jenny Muckaluck. Nice to see you. Hi, Hal. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, great to see you in studio instead of over the phone. Now, I, I wanted to have uh, Tim Dykes coming up later on, and I've asked Brian Bowman if he can join us. I know he's got a bunch of stops today, but I wanted to get you guys in and, and maybe just kind of take a deep breath. It's almost over and ask you how the experience was. You know what, Hal, I'm so glad that you did ask that because we have been working on this for the last 10 months. Mm -hmm. And we registered on the very first day, May the 1st, so it's been six months of hard campaigning. And I was saying to my team just at lunchtime, no matter what the outcome, I'm so proud of the team. I'm so proud of the campaign that we ran. And I I have no regrets of what we've done. It's all in the voters' hands now. Mm -hmm. Were there tough days? Oh, Oh, yes. Tell me the toughest part of running a campaign for mayor. You know, there's a huge—first of all, what a lot of people don't realize is that you start out being a private citizen in your living room. Mm -hmm. And you very quickly have to grow up—I've talked to a group of business owners, and I said this to them. I said, imagine scaling a company up from zero employees to three or four or five hundred in three or four months. That's hard enough. And lots of businesses fail trying to do it. And now try doing that without a payroll. Mm-hmm. Because that's what an election campaign <laughs> yeah. is about, right? Yeah, we no have money. had there's no money to yeah. to pay people, and so the people that are working are doing it because they believe in the cause, they believe in what we're working on, and so to me, it is. I'm so humbled by the effort that's been put in by so many Winnipeggers to this, and I'll tell you, every time I'm in front of a microphone, as much as I'm speaking to Winnipeggers about me and who I am. I'm also keenly aware of the fact that the reason I have this platform is because of the hundreds of people that put me here. Mm-hmm. And I remember that every time because those are the people that I cannot let down. Mm-hmm. I hope that I haven't done that so far. And we have, you know what, another 24, 30 hours before the polls close and yeah. we're going to know the answer. How did it all start? Was this your idea? I'm going to take a shot at the mayor's chair. Did oh. somebody approach you or how did it happen? How did it begin? I wish that that was true. You know what? We In the fall of 2017, like about a year ago, I, like a lot of Winnipeggers, was asking the question, who is going to challenge Brian Bowman? Somebody has to. Um, I think a lot of Winnipeggers felt that the mayor just didn't live up to the promise that he made us several years ago. And so I actually thought that I was going to go and find a star candidate, maybe a Winnipeg Jet, and, you know, somebody with great name recognition and all the things that you might need to Mm -hmm. defeat an incumbent and offer to do whatever it took to help them get elected. So at Christmas time, no one had come forward and all the people I'd talked to had resounding no. And my sister Susan was in town visiting from Waterloo, and we were in the garage, right, <laughs> having a drink. And uh, and she said to me, you know, Jenny, the only one that can do it is you. And, I, I mean, I was a bit shocked at mm-hmm. that, but I took her seriously. And a couple of days later, my husband and I and my good friend Tracy McConaughey sat in the living room and said, do you really think we could do this? Is there a shot? Is there a path to success? And after that analysis, and we decided that no time like the present. Mm-hmm. So we went, we got started. I got started the first week of January, 
I met with 200 people in the first quarter of the year to see if the support could be there, if I could garner enough support to run a campaign. And by the end of March, we decided that it was viable. Yes, there could be a campaign, and it if we played our cards right, it may not be a humiliation. <laughs> so we should go for it. And and since then, of course, the campaign has been growing and growing, and we've done a lot of hard work. A lot of Winnipeggers have come forward, like I said, to help you out. You said over 1,000 people have either given you some money or helped out by volunteering. Over 1,000 people supporting yeah, your campaign. That's right. And, you know, and, it's, and so, of course, that includes the volunteers who are out pounding the signs and all that hard work. But, you know, I've said this a lot of times. Winnipeggers want to participate in solving our big problems, and I know that. So I went out, and I for every policy announcement, for every policy issue that I needed to get educated on, I reached out to Winnipeggers that I knew had expertise in those fields, mm-hmm. especially people on opposite sides right. of the camp. And, you know, very few people declined to meet with me, very few. And I'm so grateful to everyone that took the time to educate me about municipal solid waste and Mm -hmm. public safety and taxes and all of the things that I needed to learn about. And those people count too. There are hundreds of people Mm -hmm. that participated in my policy development. You know, I'll tell you something, uh, and and I'm I'm just being straight with you. I think you've done a really good job, first-time candidate, somebody who hasn't really been in that spotlight before, right? I think you did a good job. I said this yesterday. I think one thing you could have done better is pivot sooner. I think you were real hard on Bowman, mm-hmm. and that's important. You've got to show why that's not the right guy. Yep. But then I think you were a little late pivoting to you talking about you and being that visionary that Winnipeggers need. You know, you might be right. I, I hope I wasn't too, just too late. Just being honest. Just being honest with you. You know, I appreciate that. And I'll, t- I'll tell you what, every single day for the last 90 days, I get two or three phone calls every morning from some usual suspects. And one of them says, you have to be meaner. And the other one says, you have to be nicer. (laughs) Well, don't take my advice. That's why I'm telling you after the campaign, essentially, because I'm not saying my my way is right. I'm not going to lie. There was a poll out recently that said that I wasn't very likable. Mm. And hell, you know what? I'm going (laughs) to... It hurt my feelings a little bit because I am I'm I think I'm nice and yeah. ask my siblings I tell them all the time how nice mm-hmm. I am right yeah. but, but in in that biz in politics you got to have a real thick skin do you think your skin is thick enough for well, it well you know what we have had a lot of practice over the last six months and there's certainly been a, an awful lot of opposition vocal nasty comments mm-hmm. being made and I'm okay with it because I know that my job in all of this has been to be different than Brian Bowman. Mm-hmm. My job is to present a clear alternative of leadership style, a vision of planning to Winnipeggers so that when they go to the poll tomorrow, they know what they're choosing, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, one of the things that will make anybody crazy is if you go to an all-candidates debate and all the candidates agree with each other. <laughs> you know, we have to present ourselves as clear alternatives, and we've done that. Mm-hmm. Um, it is It is too bad that I didn't have enough time to help Winnipeggers understand that I am also, you know, nice. Yeah. Well, I will say this, Jenny. You have been very nice to me. Thank you. And you've been nothing but really great to deal with, and you've always made time for me, and and I appreciate that. Any regrets looking back here with a day to go? You know what? I have to say no. Absolutely none. I am going to sleep tonight peacefully. I believe that our team has done everything we could have to present the vision, to run the campaign, and to give Winnipeggers that clear alternative that I talked about. So 
right now, it really is in the hands of the voters. And you know what? I have a lot of faith in Winnipeggers. So tomorrow, the results will be what they are. And if I'm the new mayor of Winnipeg, wow, that's going to be an amazing, great day. And if I'm not, I have absolutely no regrets about my team's performance, my performance, because we all did the very best we could do in the moment. And I'm really proud of every single one of us. I think the big thing to watch for tomorrow is that undecided. And we've seen that undecided at almost 60% through the entire campaign. It's been huge. Any polling, right? And while Bowman's been ahead of you, mm-hmm. you haven't been out of it. And I think if that 60% or whatever that undecided number is today as we talk, if those people come out, I would think they might go more for you than a Bowman. And who knows? Who knows? But, you know, that undecided number being so big is is one of the things that that made us think that there was a possibility of success here. You know, you plot out your path to success, however yeah. narrow it is. Right. And the truth is, we believe that Winnipeggers are dissatisfied with the performance of the current mayor. And what they really needed need is to be presented with a different choice. And so we've worked really hard to be that different choice and to show Winnipeggers that there is a different governance style, there's a different leadership style that we could have. And I believe that and that that possibility still exists. You know, one of the things that we've tried so hard to do, I've tried hard to do, in the early days of the campaign, people asked me, well, why? Why do you want to run for mayor? Why don't you think Brian Bowman has done a good job? And It was difficult to articulate then. It's a little easier now. But I will sum it up by saying, because, hell, we have to stop fighting. And if we're going to be successful and if we're going to realize the potential of Winnipeg, we have to be Team Winnipeg, all Mm -hmm. of us. I agree. And, you know, one of the hallmarks of, of this last term has been what I will call this fear and division where... You know, there are certain groups of people who don't have a voice at City Hall, whether mm-hmm. it's the, you know, whether it's certain business industries or or even some... Even si- members of council. Even members of council who feel like they're not, their voices are not heard. And I'll tell you, that's fundamentally wrong because for starters, those people, those other councillors are duly elected representatives of tens of thousands of Winnipeggers. Right. And they deserve to be treated with respect and they deserve to have their voices heard. But... You know, I have made a point of going out and seeking opposing views to everything that I've put forward. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's funny, early in the campaign, some groups were reaching out. They wanted to meet with me. And there was a person on my team who said, oh, you can't meet with those guys or you can't meet with those guys because, you For know, whatever they're, reason. Yeah. they're this or they're that. And my answer to everybody is, you know, I have the courage of my own convictions And just because I have a conversation with somebody doesn't mean I ascribe to their views. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that I believe everything they tell me. But if I want to be a representative of everybody, Mm -hmm. I have an obligation to hear what they have to say and then make a decision from there. And so I have actively um, reached out and I have actively engaged with people who, you know, some of us might have thought wouldn't have been a good idea. Mm. But it's because a leader is somebody that, takes all of the views into consideration. Jenny, good luck tomorrow. Thank you so much, Hal. Shake your hand. Best of luck. Joining us now, one of the candidates for mayor, Tim Dyack. Tim, nice to see you again. Thank you. I will tell you this. You are one of my favorite people uh, during this election campaign. You've made it interesting for me. 
Um, I just like, I'm just being honest with, uh, Jenny was on and the mayor was on, Bowman was on. I like you, you're a straight shooter. You say it how it is. Yeah, probably not good for a politician, but that's who I am. (laughs) Well, maybe not. Uh, How are you feeling about tomorrow going into the vote? Oh, the same way I've been feeling throughout. I, uh, I've seen the buildup. I've seen the education. I've seen people's attitudes change on, on serious problems, and that's what it takes, recognition, and then we start towards solutions. So that's been, you asked me before that loaded question, yeah. you know, are you in here to win or are you here for cause? And I'm still not going to answer that question, but I will tell you this. Uh, we'll go 50-50 on that, and the cause, you know, the jobs at hand, I feel that I've participated in, uh, in bringing the attention, and it built a little bit. And I think you guys sent it home pretty good uh, those weeks ago when you did a whole week on it. And I've noticed that um, uh, Brian Bowman, our incumbent, has uh, sort of put safety as his first lead word now. So I'm thinking he got it. And uh, I'm pretty happy about the way that we're starting to recognize this. Um, you, you ask people, uh, 80% of us polled, and I'll guarantee that number's growing, find that methamphetamine and addiction, and uh, it's a big problem. And we all got to participate in its solution. So you asked me how I feel about a, a campaign, a s- municipal election. I feel very good about it. Yeah. yeah. I think you've brought uh, for sure one or two really important issues to the forefront. And I think you've um, you've really added to the conversation and the discussion and the debate on the meth crisis, on crime, uh, on stuff like that. So if you don't win tomorrow, Going forward, you would work with whoever does win, if you don't win tomorrow, to try and make things better? Always have. We'll continue to do that. And uh, I uh, say that without hesitation. I I really do enjoy my job. Uh, It's difficult now. I'm tired of people playing bumper cars when they're high on meth with us. That's uh, not a comfortable spot. I've been there. I've I've had my vehicles hit, and it's... uh, you know, you you, you got to read into these stories. These are not common incidents when we go back. These crime stats that we have now, um, I think we better put an asterisk on those old statistics, uh, statistics that they had. Uh, these are violent, excessive, random, and they're not being committed by hardened criminals. This is the other thing. I mean, I've engaged people who have, you know, a couple of speeding tickets and all of a sudden they're at the wheel of a stolen car with a sawed-off rifle and they're trying to ram their way out of a police blockade. I'm glad we're listening, but uh, once we get up to speed, I think that um, that 50 to 100 bed secure facility won't sound like far-fetched. I mean, I was mocked by many people, not not laughing now. And uh, Yeah, and you think the problem's getting worse, right? You think this meth crisis is getting worse by the day, if not the day of the week? By the hour, if you were to ask me to be dramatic. But no, it, it is certainly measurable that it's getting worse. Um, what's happened now is we have supply from everywhere, so we can't have little droughts where people, you know, maybe get a moment where they're lucid and go, mm, what am I doing? So you don't get that. You have a very cheap product that's readily available. It's going to continue to be bad. Um, treatment is one portion of that. Uh, enforcement, that's where I come in. That's another portion, and we bogged ourselves down with a bureaucracy and administration that's not uh, nimble by any measure. So if we start to get on top of these things where people start to come in with a different mindset, away from my mindset and away from the treatment mindset and certainly away from the political mindset, and they say, you know, warehousing and logistics, let's start looking at the math. Let's start looking at the budgets. I mean, I challenged uh, Brian yesterday. I said, who, what, where, when, why? You know, like you you keep talking about sitting down and uh, dialoguing or we're going to get stakeholders and we're going to collaborate. I'm tired of the word collaborate. 
the, the words and the good intentions wore off a long time ago. I, I want to know where. I want to know how much this is going to cost, and let's start working to get it done. And and not, you know, we'll, we'll look down the road to setting up a committee. No, I, I want shovels in hand. I want electricians to start. I want contractors to get in there and start building this thing. That's what I would do day one. I'd say, right. okay, there's the building. I already scouted out a few buildings in areas that I know that would That impact. statement right there proves you're not a politician <laughs> yeah. because because a politician would know things can't happen that fast. But maybe after tomorrow, maybe things can start happening more quickly because we're through an election. Yeah, well, we can hope. We can yeah. hope good things come I out of this. So. I know. And I, I mean, I, I was sitting here and we listened to Brian Bowman call in and hopefully he was using his hands free. <laughs> Tickets in the mail. Uh, no, no, and uh, and I would I would really I mean I've I've heard the rhetoric and everything else. Yeah, I'm not here. I mean, people have made up their mind who they're voting for. But uh, if he's still driving around, I I don't mind on your show if he wants to pop in here. Let's have a public safety debate. I'll give him a few points lead and yeah. let him let him say a Is prepared that, Was that a disappointment for you that he didn't want to do any one on ones or I didn't or challenge any... I didn't challenge him to one, and I could see where um, if you're the incumbent who hasn't done anything, I mean, good or bad, you haven't done anything. There's no really bad decisions. I mean, it's a nice dog park, and and everything else that you've done has been lawyer esque, right? It's sort of trailing behind. It's not really blazing a trail. People are going to say, well, that's that's not so bad, but it's the neglect of duty part that that frustrates me. Like there's a point where you have to say, okay, this is new ground, but somebody's got to go forward and and seek out solutions. And uh, he's still talking about talking, and that's not good enough. He should be saying, these are the plans, here's how we're implementing, here's where we're moving forward, and not stalling and saying, well, it's the provincial responsibility or waiting for federal money. They don't care about Winnipeg. You're supposed to care about Winnipeg first. We put that idea forward Let's get moving on it because more people are getting hurt. And my job, when I try and get somebody in a stolen car, at some point when he starts ramming other vehicles, I can't just sit back and let him continue on and, and you know, the mayhem. I need to be able to engage and stop and secure. And uh, that violence is increasing. The, the radio doesn't lie. And I, I have to say that um, I myself am still, you know, I've, I've had three decades of, of whittling down my, my humanity, my, my compassion, my charity. And I'm expected to do that. At some point as a first responder, you stop being as emotionally charged in your job. But I don't like seeing regular people ignoring panhandlers. But that's what happens. And I'd, so I'd like to get on that. And I mean, he, he commented about unsafe panhandling. And, you know, I guess that's better than aggressive panhandling, a little more sympathetic. But the, the end, it's still not uh, providing any solution. And that's the problem. Okay, so you recognize it, the problem, but you got to start working towards solutions. And that's what I hear every day, text messages, phone calls, emails from listeners. They say, yeah, okay, but what are we going to do about it? And that's what that's what they want is, and I think that's why the things you said on the campaign it resonated with some people. But back to your campaign for a second, because sure. we're almost out of time. Any regrets? Would you have done anything differently? Uh, I probably would have... Uh I mean, the problem is, is that I was immersed in a job that required my attention. I'm not a person that goes nine to five on my job. My, my phone really tethers me to a bunch of people who say things or text me things that I can't ignore and I have to act on. Right. And this, I mean, I'm not complaining, but it does make it hard to go out and knock on doors when you have somebody talking about a shooting that's about to happen. Yeah. And we do a lot of preemptive stuff in my position. So that sort of played into it. I didn't I, I, I didn't go to the lake. I didn't go out to the beach. I didn't go camping. Mm-hmm. I committed myself to this. But again, you could look at the two people that are that were leading the show. One's an incumbent with, and it's it's difficult to defeat a com, an incumbent unless he's done something horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. 
and I went against um, a well-oiled, politically uh, yeah. complete machine that that you know I'm dollar for vote wise. Let me a, ask you what it, I'm curious to know what kind of will you tell me a number? What did you spend on your campaign? About four percent of uh, the next one. <laughs> So if you want somebody who knows how to make a dollar go, I'm your choice. Right? But I, I didn't. I didn't do any radio ads here or TV yeah. ads, and didn't uh, take out print ads. And my campaign office was half the size of this studio. And I, when we started to set it up, I said, "No, nah, we're not going to use this." Yeah. I got a cell phone in my pocket, and I answer my own emails. I answer my own text messages and phone calls. I have no paid staff. I used university students that, and a whole bunch of uh, uh, retired guys and girls, and. Uh, and I, uh, and I have a bunch of people that I, I like to say they sit at the table with the Bellaclava on because they believe in the cause, but they're contractually ob- obligated not to be involved with politics. <laughs> I'm not looking at you, Hal. I'm not looking that yeah, no. Uh, but uh, but I, I do think that uh, you tell the truth. If you have uh, experience and you have uh, passion, and my passion is for public safety, I think that those are the things that will resonate with voters. And I think that you can get people to volunteer and get behind you. I, I have a big... Uh, uh, I cannot believe how the Filipino community came out and supported uh, the tall, uh, pasty white police officer. I mean, I didn't blend in with the community at all, but they they have experience with what's plaguing Winnipeg right now. Mm. They call it Shabu. That's their name for methamphetamine. They had strong on crime. Uh, you can't get much stronger than Duarte and his a way to mm. you know publicly assassinate drug traffickers. I mean, that's and it didn't have an impact. They also know about colonialization. They have Spanish names. They they had two right. centuries of being ruled, and that's why that independence parade. I mean, that's how I got my foot in the door. I worked that parade a couple of times, and I kind of went, what, why, why are they having a parade now? Mm. Well, they're having a parade because um, they really did feel, you know, the independence of it. So mm. a lot of that translates to Winnipeg's problems. Well, Tim, listen, I've enjoyed watching your campaign. Best of luck tomorrow. I wanted to have you and Jenny and Brian on today to just kind of have a little fun today. It's been an interesting campaign, and uh, tomorrow's the day. And everybody votes, and then we we figure all this out. But I, th- I really do think that you've, uh, you've played an important role in getting some important issues to the forefront. Well, I really do appreciate your time on this show. I mean, it's been fun. In many ways, to sit here in CGLB has been fantastic. Yeah. But I'd also like to extend, I'll have my phone on. If Brian takes up the challenge and wants to have a quick debate on public safety, I will be back <laughs> here really quick. He's not stopping. Tim Dyack. Mark Lemoyne joins us on the phone now. Mark is the city's senior election official. Good afternoon, Mark. Afternoon, Hal. How are you doing today? Great. Thank you for doing this. So, first of all, how was the campaign from your perspective? Going great so far. We had record turnout in our 19-day advance period. Uh, 39,840 people came out. Uh, that's 10,000 more than we've ever had. So I think uh, people are jazzed about the election and coming out in droves. Do you think that will translate into more votes tomorrow? It's always hard to say, but, um, you know, it's always been a good sign. The higher advanced turnouts that we have have always resulted in higher turnouts on election today. Lots of uh, factors, of course, uh, you know, depending on how uh, good a job the candidates are getting people out to the polls, but we certainly do expect a busy day. I'm curious to know, any complaints from any candidates during the campaign? Oh, uh, you know, we have uh, well over 100 candidates, you know, for mayor, councillor and school trustees. So we always get uh, lots of different types of complaints. Biggest uh, type of complaint, of course, we get is around signs. Um, you know, and all the different signs and all the various uh, regulations that you have to follow to put up legal signs. So we get lots of complaints about that, but no major complaints so far this election. You know, it's funny you mentioned signs because I feel like I'm seeing fewer signs now, right? A lot of stuff happens on social media now. 
Absolutely, yeah. Signs are expensive, right? and uh, social media is you know virtually free for a lot of people. And you may actually reach out to a lot more people that you know, as opposed to signs are just really out there for advertising for someone to see. Now, if people have not voted yet and they will be voting tomorrow, what are some basics? What do they need to know? So we've got 193 locations set up right across the city. Polls are open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. on Election Day. Um, So you can get there as soon as 8 a.m. As long as you get there right at 8 p.m., you will be allowed to vote. Even if there's a lineup, everyone who gets in the line before 8 p.m. will be allowed to vote. In order to vote, you do have to bring identification with you, and that includes uh, either one piece of picture ID, such as a driver's license that shows your name and home address, or two pieces of other ID that together show your name and home address, such as perhaps a a medical card and a bill or a credit card. Supposed to be sunny in 10 tomorrow. That's almost perfect weather for an election, isn't it? Absolutely. We're hoping people will take advantage, go for a nice walk and go out to vote. As mentioned, there's 200 locations around the city, so there should be one right in your neighborhood. Can people vote for one thing, say Portage in Maine, and not vote for anything else on that ballot? Would that spoil the ballot or can they vote on just one or two things? Certainly, it's up to the uh, folks themselves. The uh, All the races, the mayor, councillor, school trustee, and the question on Portage Maine are all on one ballot, as long as the voter makes uh, one valid mark, so at least votes for one race, either mayor, councillor, school trustee, or the question, they can leave all the rest of them blank. If the voters uh, leave all four of the questions blank, what will happen is the machine will actually return the ballot, and a question will appear for the operator saying, this ballot is blank, did you mean to do so? And the voter can at that point leave it blank if they choose. We just do that in case someone didn't understand how to fill out the ballot, let's say, and perhaps circle the names rather than fill out the space beside the names. Yeah, I guess at this point, Mark, the most important thing is if you haven't voted, get out and vote tomorrow, right? That really is the most important message here. Absolutely, right? It's uh, once every four years you're helping the uh, city council to be developed, setting that uh, direction that you want your city council to be made up of. And, you know, we highly encourage everyone to get out and vote. We think uh, voting is not only a uh, privilege, but also a right that's uh, important for people to get out and use. Mark, I appreciate your time on a busy day. Anything else before we let you go? Um, We did mail out 510,000 voter cards to uh, people right across the city. It tells you where to go on Election Day. If you didn't get one of those cards and don't know where you go on Election Day, either call 311, they're open 24-7, or go to our website at winnipeg.ca, where do I vote, enter your home address, and it'll tell you exactly where you need to go tomorrow between 8 and 8. Appreciate this, Mark. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Hanson. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.